0: You are listening to Love, Maine Radio, hosted by Dr. Lisa Belisle and recorded at the studios of Maine Magazine in Portland. Dr. Lisa Belisle is a physician and editor-in-chief of Maine, Maine Home & Design, Oldport, Ageless, and Moxie Magazines. Love, Maine Radio show summaries are available at LovemainRadio.com. Portland Art Gallery is proud to sponsor Love, Maine Radio. Portland Art Gallery is the city's largest and is located in the heart of the Old Port at 154 Middle Street. The gallery focuses on exhibiting the work of contemporary Maine artists and hosts a series of monthly solo shows in its newly expanded space, including Ingen Jorgensen, Brenda Sirioni, Daniel Corey, Jill Hoy, and Dave Allen. For complete show details, please visit our website at artcollectormaine.com. Love, Maine Radio is also brought to you by Aristel a lingerie boutique on Exchange Street in Portland's Old Port, where every body is seen as a work of art and beauty is celebrated from the inside out. Shop with us in person or online at aristel.com.
1: Marshall Taylor is the artistic director at Kusasana Resort, a summer resort in western Maine that specializes in musical entertainment. Thanks for coming in today. Good morning. So you actually had a little bit of a journey to make it in to visit with us.
2: About an hour and a half on 302.
1: Yeah, but it's like a, it's a strong hour and a half.
2: It's not, you can't rush that. It depends who you get behind. It wasn't too bad this morning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But you're not originally, you don't live in Maine full time.
2: I wasn't going to tell.
1: Well, I mean, we consider you a Mainer anyway, because you've been coming here for how many years? Uh,
2: it's been almost 30. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a Mainer, certainly all summer long. Um, yeah, I've been here four months of the year for 30 years. So you do the math. Yeah, it's a few years. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think we'll we'll count it. Okay, um, but I've
2: never seen the winter. I think that's what makes me a Damned out of stater.
1: I guess although you live in New York.
2: I do. I so do. you get winter down there Yeah, too. and I see your your snowfall up here, and I, I get a little jealous
1: Yeah, and you you originally are not from New York.
2: No, You're no originally from up.
1: a snowier place.
2: Wisconsin, yeah farm country
1: so it's probably smart of you not to move up to Maine full-time because you know what the snow is like.
2: I think I would like to try it once.
1: Well, anytime you want. We're, we're here. <laughs> thanks. You thanks. know where to where to reach us. I'm
2: glad. You know, I'm welcome. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Yes. Tell me about the resort. It's a very unique place.
2: It's a very old... Fa- it's a throwback. Um, our guests come and stay a week, and they've probably been doing it many, many years, Um some of our, our tenure guests consider themselves as newbies um, a lot of people come as children and grow up and bring their own children and they come a week they stay the same week they sit at the same table they stay in the same cottage oh. and it's it's a bit of a home away from home they can pretend they're Mainers too I guess and every night we we have entertainment and that's really my area of, of involvement I hire the staff I audition them and I, I put together the shows Um, But they all work jobs, too. So I sort of have my finger in the dining room and the the maintenance department, the dishwashers, all all those people are performers. So I find myself overseeing that, too. But you asked about the resort, not about me. Um, It's on a beautiful lake. Uh, Lake Kizar is one of those fortunately still very clean, clear bodies of water. Um, It's in the mountains almost new hampshire we're stephen king's neighbor uh we have great food Uh, ah, what else um the entertainment is often surprising here i get back to my own area but i think the guests who come who are new are surprised at the quality a lot of our kids either have been on broadway or or Find themselves working fairly soon after they've they've been with us, which is a blessing. You know, it's, I often worry how will we find a cast to top the last year's cast, and fortunately, it's never been a problem.
1: When we went out to visit, um, it was it was really wonderful to be talking to a um, a very pleasant wait, member of the wait staff who brought over, I think it was some sort of blueberry dessert, <laughs> and then um, not too long after see them up on stage doing incredible things uh, musically and theatrically.
2: Yeah, they can they can really turn it on. And you mentioned how pleasant they are. That is key. They're really, they are a family for themselves, and for the week that the guests are there, the guests are part of that family as well. It, it really does extend beyond, beyond a service sort of relationship. But once they step on stage, it's, it's kind of unforgettable and it, for little people, young people, it makes it even more exciting when they see their, their friend, their buddy up there singing an opera or something they never dreamt they'd wanna see.
1: That, that was something that did surprise me, was the opera piece. So mm-hmm. you're not just doing Broadway show tunes, which is also great. You're, you're doing really a full <clears> spectrum of, I guess we'll call it entertainment.
2: Yeah, the opera is more traditional to the resort. Uh, the Broadway is the part that's grown. That's the new kid in town. The original owner, Ralph Berg, had a music store in Boston and his friends were classically trained musicians and they would come up and entertain and so there was a long heritage of opera and art song. A lot of Boston Conservatory students and alumni would come. And as, as times have changed a bit and we've gotten our productions to be a bit more lavish, I use that word lightly, um, the Broadway part is new. But I remain committed to the opera. I, I, I have that background myself, and I love to introduce people to that.
1: So the day that we were there, there was, um, I think it was interesting because 207 was out taping, mm-hmm. a local TV show, and you had created, um, you had brought in different people to represent different types of work that are done throughout the week. And there was a couple that had partnered together uh, to sing opera. And it, I could have been in Boston. I could have been in New York listening to a really, you know, this the highest caliber performance. And it was right in this nice little lodge on the shores of a lake.
2: Right. We were very lucky to get that couple. They came as a, as a package deal. Um, Jeremy, the tenor, had worked for us last year and did the, the tenor lead in Carmen. And um, he met Samantha, and she wanted to come back this summer. And uh, we were thrilled to have them. They Their home is New Jersey, so I was going to say you might even have been in New Jersey hearing that opera. Yeah. Uh, it's nice to have people at that age level, too. Um, younger singers, college-age kids, uh, are just not as developed. They're wonderful. and um, But we've sort of found a niche of, of young emerging performers who are beyond college and beyond the the young artist programs and they also need to have experience and make some money.
1: So the way that I understand that it works is throughout the course of the season you are offering a different type of performance Um, Every night night. of the week. So the beginning of the season, you start the practicing and the performing of a certain performance, say on a Monday, and by the end of the season, you're still performing that same thing on a Monday.
2: Every Monday. We're a repertory. So um, every Monday night is our musical. Every Tuesday is our piano concert. Our opera night is Wednesday. Um, We have about 10 days of rehearsal before our first guests come, and those are crazy days, uh, we have to get the resort ready so everyone's working their day job until 10 to 15 when they have to run to rehearsal and learn some choreography or some French aria <laughs> and then it. Uh, they have lunch and they are back to twigging and, and raking and until their next rehearsal is scheduled or costume fitting or whatever is on the docket for the day
1: in addition to being the artistic director you you actually have other multiple day jobs you run the yeah. gift shop
2: i have a little gift shop i i do all the things that an artistic director might do I, I, I i'm not a designer but i you know i have my hand in the cabins and picking the fabrics and i worked with the the owner our current owner jane orans for a long time on trying to upgrade the cabins when I before I was artistic director and I've sort of kept that in my in my bag of tricks as I've gone on.
1: When we had lunch with the current owner she told us that you you spent a significant amount of time buying for the gift shop. Yeah that's that's the the great fun.
2: The winter is my slow season and I can scout out things in shops and I go to gift shows. Um, there's a there's a New England made show that is in the spring up here, but at this time of the year it's down in mass. and I, I may go down to that because I do like to have local local artisans represented. It's It's a luxury to have that kind of time because the store is only open for 10 weeks. So I'm not in it year round like some shopkeepers have to be.
1: When you were growing up in Wisconsin, uh-huh. did you ever think that this would be your job and your life? I mean, <laughs> it, it seems like a pretty nice combination of things that enable you to do things that you love.
2: You know, when you grow up and you want to be a performer, there are so few pictures of what what success are. Um, you imagine yourself as a big star or working on Broadway or, you know... I think originally I wanted to be a country singer, but I'll let that go for now. <laughs> no, I didn't imagine this, and I, I can't imagine a better balance for myself because I do get to do a lot of things. Um, I, I run the payroll, you know, <laughs> that that doesn't fit with an artistic profile in any way, in my in my estimation. But I love to do it, and I love to interview the kids and hire them and I love the guests. I spend a lot of time, a lot of my days during the season are, are just spent listening and, and talking with them and finding out what their year has been like and keeping them in the family and letting them know what what, what the new kids are up to and what, what what their backgrounds are in case that would spark an interest so yeah, it's a it's a great fit for me. Because I guess I have a short attention span.
1: <laughs> and family is very important to you because you, the owners, the current owners of the resort, they're a family.
2: They are a family. They are the Oran's family. I am not an Oran's, but uh, you know, family are the friends you make along the way. They've adopted me. <laughs> A few years after I started there, I I felt very much like part of the family. Um, Jane has one son who who works there fully, but most of the guests, I think, (laughs) assume I'm her son as well. Yeah, it's a family.
1: And it's it's an incredible thing to think about um, her story because... She was she was a young woman when her husband died and she had children and this this resort that they had been coming to up here in Maine and she was a preschool teacher.
2: Right. It was she had no experience at all and what what I never realized when I was the busboy there all those years ago was how frightened she was. She had been doing it just a few years and really didn't seemed and think she knew what she was doing but from my point of view she had all the answers she was very firm about her opinions she started out with several partners um, and little by little they they sort of fell to the side and, and she emerged as the one uh, but it it's it became her life when she needed it most and it, it kept her going and she kept it going as well the place wouldn't be there without her it's a bittersweet time of year because it was right after their week at Quissasana, the last week of August, when he went home and um, uh, her husband died very shortly thereafter. So, the summer ending brings a lot of feelings for her. I'm sure
1: she's a pretty strong lady.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, Refiner's Fire. It, she's had to stru- struggle through a lot, but but she's always able to keep giving you know she doesn't take anything for granted and she she loves the staff she is so concerned about their experience for the summer in her mind it's a lot like going to summer camp even though they're working she wants them to make the most of it and have a have a personally great summer and each year, she manages to make it even a better experience for them. The, the living conditions are better. The work is probably a little less hard. The money is better. And each year, we sort of have a better group who are more cohesive and can foster each other in a, in a better way. It's, and that's all her doing. She's made that the priority.
1: You go to various places around the country to find the people who work at the resort with you. And most of these places are places that you actually have a personal connection to.
2: It's true. I, I, I go back to my, uh, my alma maters. It's nice to have a connection at a school so I can find out a bit more about each student that I'd like to hire. That's not saying I won't hire someone that that I can't investigate that way, but it's a great advantage when I can when I can speak to their teachers as as my colleagues and friends, and I also go to schools where um, some of our alumni have have gone on to teach, which is it's great, and they're a good schools. Cincinnati Conservatory, you know, it's it's very nice. My alumni or my um, my alma maters aren't so illustrious. <laughs> But I'm loyal.
1: <laughs> so what do you look for in a performer when you're auditioning for someone to come, who's really going to play again multiple roles? They may be they're raking up the waterfront, or maybe they're lifeguarding, or maybe they're uh, waitstaff, but they're also going to be singing opera or performing Broadway show tunes. Or is, what do you look
2: for? You have to see the talent first; otherwise, the door isn't open at all. But beyond Close behind the talent is the person. And they have to be flexible. They can't take themselves too seriously. Uh, obviously, they have to be very friendly. Somehow, I, I, I've i developed a sense. I'm not always right, but but I do manage to get a lot of kids who are pretty perfect for us. They're, that sounds like I'm full of it, but... <laughs> They either they come to Quissy with a great attitude or it's it's in the atmosphere and that's set by their peers I mean everyone knows that they're not above picking up trash or picking up sticks or washing dishes there's no job that's too low well I'll go back to Jane there were many years when she and I cleaned cabins together and she insisted on doing the bathrooms (laughs) she said that was, her, that was her department and, and when, when the management or when the owner is, is setting a tone like that it's, it's hard for the staff not to pick up on so in auditions you I find myself trying to picture this, this person who probably is dressed to the nines because it's an audition can I picture them in a uniform or can I picture them with a rake or, or worse so I am looking for all of that but if they don't have the talent that we never even get to that step
1: now, I don't want <clears throat> to I don't want to make Jane uncomfortable or out her in any way, but she's got some years.
2: <laughs> 81? She'll be 82 very shortly, yeah.
1: So, when we were out there and she said, "Hey, hop on this golf cart and I'll show you around." It it was impressive because she was taking her time out of her busy schedule and driving us all around and showing us the place and um She's a pretty funny lady.
2: <laughs> She's very funny. I think the, the Globe, Boston Globe called her, re- referred to her as salty wit or something like that. I'm just glad you were in her golf cart, not her car. That can get scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> she didn't offer us that. So <laughs>
1: she did say she was stealing the golf cart. I think from her granddaughter.
2: Right, right. So that it's makes not sense.
1: Normally, her golf cart to show us around. But she
2: loves to show show the place off, and you know, it's her baby. She's created it. Even though it has a long tradition, I think anyone would admit that that she's had a huge impact. The lake in the mountains, she won't take credit for, but everything else. <laughs>
1: And, yeah and now her son and her daughter in law are there along with you full time
2: right for right. the
1: entire summer
2: they are indeed um, you know it is it's her life it I don't know what she'd do in in the morning even even twelve months of the year it's she wakes up thinking Quisasana and and the office in the winter is in her home outside of New York City, and the phone rings and it's good morning Kusasana. every day of her life. And, um, it takes that kind of dedication, I guess, any family business. But um, it, I'm not sure how many others would have stuck it out because I don't think there's much money coming in, <laughs> not as much as goes out.
1: So it really is a labor of love.
2: It is, yeah, yeah. She said, I don't buy jewelry. I don't buy fancy clothes. This is my hobby. <laughs> her,
1: her son and her daughter-in-law actually met there.
2: Yes, Natalie started as a soprano. She's still a soprano. Um, in the early mid-90s. And her first job was in the office. And she was a bubbly little little thing in college at, at Hart, Hartford, Connecticut their school of music, and an opera singer, although at her age she found herself mostly in the musical theater stuff for a while. And she and Sam hit it off right away, and um, they had a long engagement. <laughs> but I, I believe in 2000, yes, they got married at the end of the summer at Quisasana and now have two great kids.
1: So one of the things that I think is really nice about the location of the resort is, is the sense of openness and also this lack of wireless access. <laughs> <laughs> so, you go there and your phone probably isn't going to work, and you can get onto the internet, but you have to go to the main lodge. Yeah, a you few have to p- seek places. it out. Yeah, right. And so even
2: then, it's, I would say it's not the world's fastest system. I think when, when f- cell phones were new, it seemed just awful to everyone that they couldn't get on their cell phone and call out. But we're going so far in the direction that you can't hide anywhere, that it feels better and better as the years go by to find a place where you can unplug for real. There's no TV, there's, there's a TV in the lodge, but there's no TV in the cabins. Um, There are no telephones in the cabins. And the last thing you want to do is hear somebody standing next to you having one of those loud (laughs) conversations. Uh, So we're we're lucky. We don't have to make the announcements before the shows. Make sure your cell phones are turned off.
1: And in fact, I think it was only pretty recently that you even had air conditioning. That's very
2: true. The nights used to be cooler, I'm afraid. Um, but at some point, after watching somebody like me on stage sweating, <laughs> they decided to put it, put the air conditioning in. First, it was is the public areas, um, the dining room, the, the the theater area, and it. And then one year, Sam just said, "We've got to put it in all the cabins." And the only downside is people close their windows at night and don't hear the loons. They s- often say to me, "I don't hear the loons anymore. What's happened?" But they're still there.
1: And it also used to be that people would bring their boats to the edge of the water.
2: <laughs> right. We do close the windows in the hall now, and we've lost part of our, our, our public audience. They, it was quite a tradition. You, you, you knew which people loved which kind of music because you'd see their boats out there every night. Yeah, that was a real sight. And if it got boring, you knew when they left. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, after you've been doing this, how how old were you when you started as a busboy? I
2: turned twenty five my first summer.
1: So this has really been this is my life. Your life, yeah. And you keep doing it year after year.
2: Because it's my life. I, I, for a long time, I had an off season job, um, things that were par- more on the school calendar, and uh, as my process at Quissy Evolved. I, I don't have to, I have a full, full-time employment by them now, which is a blessing. But, you know, I'm in my early 50s and I've had one job, which I, I'm so lucky, but I think, who would look at a resume <laughs> when it has one job for all that time? It, that's not the world, I guess. I'm a throwback, too.
1: Well, I mean, I think that there, there are people who do things for that amount of time and maybe not as many nowadays, but I don't think it's a bad thing.
2: No, no, I, I don't think it's a bad thing either. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. It's just not the norm and it doesn't make for great cocktail party conversation.
1: <laughs> what was your favorite performance this summer?
2: Ooh, we did a wonderful children's piece called Dear Edwina, a musical... I have a real love for children's theater and, and music, I think because I didn't have that as a kid. I mean, literally, my music classes were on the radio because we were so remote in Wisconsin. So I I think it's so special to, to reach kids. And we had this, like I said, Dear Edwina. And there's moments of truth and... It was a question and answer. People were asking her advice, and it's all musical. It just has a sweetness and an innocence that always captured me, and the cast was incredible. So yeah, that was my favorite for the summer. Thrilling moments in other things. We did um, "Sometime uh, into the Woods," and we had some great voices in our in our operetta. But my my heart always was won by that first Monday morning every week.
1: Do you know what you're going to be doing next year? Or is that still in the works? Oh, that's
2: still in the works. I take all the fall to to listen. I do consider things that are a little bit far afield. You know, try to stretch myself and think, would that work, would that work? And then I, and I, I listen to um, the former cast members to see what they're thinking about for the next summer. Because I do like to have a few aces in the hole when it comes to casting. I don't commit until January 1 every year. I know. Now I put it on Facebook. and Soon thereafter, we send a postcard to the guests. But so I have I have a bit of time to consider it.
1: Well, I appreciate your taking the time out of your schedule to come in and talk. As we're, as we're speaking, the, the resort has just finished up and you're still there for a few more weeks before you head back to your other home. I've been speaking with Marshall Taylor, who is the Artistic Director at Quisisana Resort, a summer resort in western Maine that specializes in musical entertainment. Thank you for bringing this wonderful um, joy into the
2: world. Well, thank you so much for spreading the
0: joy. It's been a pleasure. Love, Maine Radio is brought to you by Maine Magazine, Aristelle, Portland Art Gallery, and Art Collector Maine. Audio production and original music are by Spencer Albee. Our editorial producer is Kate Gardner. Our assistant producer is Shelby Wasik. Our community development manager is Casey Lovejoy. And our executive producers are Andrea King, Kevin Thomas, and Dr. Lisa Belisle. For more information on our production team, Maine Magazine, or any of the guests featured here today, please visit us at lovemainradio.com.